we're limited in our perspective. We, we, need to, we need others. We need to hear from others. Welcome, podcast listeners. This is Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way. A little bit different intro this time because it's a little bit different episode this time. Uh, this is probably the first time, probably the, probably the only time, you're going to be stuck with me the whole episode. But, but such as it is, it's going to be a quick episode. I just want to highlight a resource that's coming out on our website. It might already be out by the time that you listen to this. There's a new resource I've put out in the, the Courageous Conversations project. It's, call, it's called Courageous Conversations Following the Special Called General Conference. This is not going to be a commentary on General Conference. There's lots of articles and blogs and other podcasts that are, are doing good work there. Uh, this is just simply to, to highlight this resource. I know lots of conferences and districts and churches are holding conversations following this and what this means for their churches. And this is a resource to help churches, help small groups make sure and do this conversation with intention, to do it well, to make sure others are heard, to make sure learning happens in these session, these sessions. Um, so you can find it on our website at umcdiscipleship.org. If you go on that page, you'll see topics, click topics, scroll down and find Courageous Conversations. Click on that and you'll see a tab for sample outlines. And on there, you'll see Courageous Conversations following special call general conference. And there you'll find a two session outline. And I want to give a little little preamble to it, a little introduction to it, and make sure it's it's received well and what and so people know how to use it. First off, I would say, yep, there's two sessions. That does not mean it's just simply something you should do in two sessions. It you might take some of these resources and these these particular ways of conversing and, and hold them over a long period of time, much longer period of time if you need to. Uh, it just depends on your setting. Not every setting is the same. Um, and there are parts that may not apply to you. That, that's okay. Don't feel like you've got to use it the way it is. Adapt it for, for your use. As I've done and helped lead some of these conversations, I'll, just a few observations. One observation is that people often get frustrated by how the conversation um, seems slow. It takes a while to get into the conversation. You'll see on the outline that there's a place for a practice dialogue. And some people get very anxious and they're ready just to jump in uh, without doing the relationship building work, uh, without practicing a different way of having a conversation that helps us to truly listen to one another and not just be ready to defend our own perspective. And people get frustrated by that. Um, and if that's if you're in that scenario, uh, I would say uh, have courage, have patience. Um, we, we have to do some of that work to, to begin to really hear from one another and to really learn from one another. Um, I think we, we, we all know what's going to happen following General Conference. Uh, what was a very messy General Conference is that we're going to huddle with our friends, huddle with those who share our convictions. And, and that's, that's okay. That's probably needed in some cases. We need to do that. Um, but eventually, I, I hope churches, small groups will venture beyond their ideological bubble and to begin to discuss with those who don't share the same assumptions who don't share the same ways of reading scripture and, and begin to really learn from one another. And what I've observed is, another thing I've observed in these conversations is people will say, you know, I don't need all this stuff. I know how to listen. And my experience is um, most, most all of us don't know how to listen very well. I, I probably, I'm sure I've said that before in a previous episode. Um, it's been my experience and, and my, my guess is you've had similar experiences where there's 
very few people that I've ever encountered that can truly name well arguments on various sides. Most people can name some arguments, but not the best of others' arguments. And sometimes they don't even know their arguments very well. And so to me, what that means is uh, we're limited in our perspective. We, we, need to, we need others. We need to hear from others. I mean, if, if General Conference proved anything, unfortunately, it's that sin still has a hold on us. The, the kingdom has not yet come. Uh, none of us have full knowledge. And, and, and then we remember, right? We remember that we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ, not by our knowledge. Uh, my sister-in-law had this observation. She said, and I don't know if she saw this somewhere else or came up with it on her own. I don't know. She says, we see clearly through windows, but the mirrors are murky. I'll say that again. We see clearly through windows, but the mirrors are murky. At least the way I take that is we are, we are much better at judging others, much better at trying to critique others than we are with the ability to, to have clear self-reflection. And that's just part of the human condition, right? So I say all that just to encourage your groups to try. Uh, if you do, make sure and have a covenant, uh, some guidelines, some ground rules. Uh, know that if you're, you're serious about engaging this, um, and, and if you have a differing perspectives in your group, one, two times is in no way going to solve, um, make people think alike. It's just not the way our brains work. Uh, rather, what's going to be needed are, are many sustained conversation over time. And one of the reasons why I do believe small groups and churches are the best places to have these conversations is because that's where most of our trust lies. Our trust doesn't lie once we get to, to big arenas with people from different cultures and different areas. We don't, we don't have trust there. But in, in these spaces where we have trust, those are the bless, best places to have sustained conversation over time. And that's what it takes. It takes years, decades. I and mean, we just don't change our mind easily. The fact is our brains aren't designed to question assumptions easily, and, and that's a good thing, right? It helps us function day to day. I mean, when we're driving down the road, we don't begin questioning whether the brakes are going to go out on us or the steering wheel is going to stop working or the, the person next to us is going to all of a sudden have a, have a seizure and, and, and turn into us or, or what have you, right? I mean, that, that works in our favor. Um, and you can think of a million other scenarios where that's the case. But it also tells us that if we're going to be persuaded to think differently, it's going to take time and prolonged, sustained, trust-filled conversations. So again, that's all, all that to simply say, I, I hope your small group, if they do take this on, will do so with intention. And that's exactly what this outline is to help for, is to make sure when you have conversation to do so in a way that's going to promote listening and learning from each other. Uh, for, for example, like I said, there's, there's practice dialogues, there's centering exercises, there's um, how to express motion, our emotions well, things that, that we need to, uh, to do this work well, because it's not, it's not easy work, and we're not trained to do this work well. Um, there, like I said, there's some things in here that may not apply to you. There, there are some, some parts about if your church needs to have a decision. I mean, for some churches, they might need to have some difficult conversation, and, and some, there's some tools for that, too. And certainly, that's, that's not the intent, and certainly would never hope that uh, these resources will be used as a way to, to move beyond the Methodist Church. Certainly, our resources are to help Methodists to, to know the best of the Methodist Church and to know 
um, what it is we have done together well and what we hope to achieve well going forward. Um, so th that's it. That, that's enough of my blabbering on this. Uh, I hope this resource is helpful to you. If you've got feedback, please, please let me know. Tell me, hey, this was really helpful. Hey, this was terrible. <laughs> Whatever your feedback is, let me know so that I can make adjustments and correct them and do what needs to be done for, uh, for the churches that, that need a resource like this. Um, so uh, just so you know, going forward, uh, this podcast may uh, broaden in some way. So if you've got some ideas about some things you'd like to hear beyond small groups as it relates to discipleship, let me know those. You can, uh, you know how to find me, um, shughes at umcdiscipleship.org, on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Forum for Adult Formation. You can find me on there. I'll check that often. Um, you can find more information on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Hope to be in touch with you, and I look forward to our next episode. Until then, next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.